Hello, and welcome to Champion Casters, a podcast about heroes and craft, where we analyze the motifs and themes behind your favorite film and television heroes, and everything we say is in Comic Sans. I'm Joe Tomlin. And I'm Michael Ruiz. And I'm Cameron Hennings, special guest star of the day. YouTube sensation from his hit viral video mm-hmm. about King of the Hill. Uh, yes, yes, that is correct. I am the guy who said that Hank Hill isn't a good dad and I don't deserve rights because of that. <laughs> That's right. And we're mm-hmm. here to take them away from you. Cameron, please enter your cell. <sighs> <sighs> well, it was a good run. I'll say that. Um, just give me some give me some uh, meals every now and again. Are we? I don't. I don't think I like this direction of the podcast. <laughs> I'm already in podcast jail, and we haven't even gotten to like two minutes yet. Yeah, I, I think nay. We're 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 setting we're 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 taking the locks off. Oh, thank God. We're breaking you free, Cameron. What is the first thing you want to talk about after we break you free? You know, I think the first thing that I want to talk about is probably hedgehogs, particularly the ones that go fast. Okay. Because you because you just got to go fast. Yeah, I got in jail fast, and I got out of jail fast. Um, if only it worked that way in real life, but... Um... <laughs> okay, we need to get off that. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, we'll give, we'll give our, we'll give our, uh... We'll give our fuck law enforcement uh, plug right at the beginning of the episode before we get there. We had to do it eventually, so I think this is as good a time as any. But I think I, it's just occurring to me now, we were supposed to ask about the Olive Garden. Oh! <laughs> You mean the place where you go to where your family, when you're there, your family? Boy, we're already off the tracks this time. I think there's no way of really... How do we recover from this? How, how do we recover from this bit? Well, you see, we were going to talk... <laughs> Cameron, you, you, you wanted to talk about hedgehogs. You say that you're going to go fast. Would you say that you're into collecting rings as well? I I would like to say that, but you know, I'm I'm a one ring kind of man. I I want to only buy one ring in my entire lifetime and give it to whichever hedgehog I want to spend the rest of my life with. Well, you see, that's not exactly how rings work. You have to you get an engagement ring, and then you get like the wedding ring. So you actually have to get two, not just one. <sighs> Kevin, are you gonna marry a hedgehog? No. Oh my god, we were actually just talking about. How... <laughs> I was like, how long until we make a joke that? I'm a furry or something, um, because I like Sonic the Hedgehog. But you know, I didn't think about that, Joe. But you are correct. I'll have to get two rings, and maybe I could borrow two from Sonic because apparently he's got a plethora uh, of rings in his bag at all times, whenever needed. You know, I don't even think it's necessary to ask this at this point. But you know what? Why are we watching Sonic the Hedgehog this week, everyone? This this came up as as kind of a stray thought for us. And for some reason, in a brilliant bit of mind meld, we decided that we were going to bring you on today, Cameron, and I, as a Sonic fan. I am so honored that out of all the people you know, you thought of me as, as your go-to Sonic guy. <laughs> to, you know, there's no one we'd want to talk about the Blue Devil more <laughs> than, than our close friend, Cameron Eddings. It's, again, it's, it, it's an honor. It's an honor to be here. Um, on champion casters I, I i love you both and i also love uh this franchise as a whole um i've been very very passionate about sonic since pretty much as long as i can remember i re- I, I can distinctly remember um 
as a kid, like one of my first introductions to it was my brother playing, I think, Sonic 3, which is Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Um, mm-hmm. He got it for his birthday and I would watch him play it. And it was it, it would just blow my mind with how fast uh, that that little guy could go. Um, mm-hmm. And that later would turn into us actually owning a cat, us meaning me and my family, uh, us owning a cat named Sonic. And mm-hmm. yeah, so and, and that cat was in my life for as long as I can remember um, up until he passed away. Uh, may he rest in peace. So, yeah, Sonic is Sonic has been in my life for forever, essentially. It's kind of it's notable that you pointed that out, because I do think that Sonic, when we were a kid, was this type of like influential, like literally video gaming mascot that kind of took form. And I think for a lot of kids, like I think for you and even myself, like Sonic was probably an introduction to video games in that way. I don't know if it was the first game I ever like actually played because I don't I can't remember that far back. But the first one I ever remember playing was Sonic 2 for the dream for the for the Genesis. So like there's there's a long history of specifically people our age around that time period who kind of were exposed to this and kind of have this long running affection for uh, for Sonic the Hedgehog. Which I guess it would only make sense that he would eventually get a movie, and what what a movie they created, you know? It, there is a wild history behind this movie. It is buck wild, I have to say, just how this movie came into mm-hmm. into being. Yeah, yeah. Re- remember all the fan backlash from how ugly Sonic looked initially? I, I was a part of that backlash, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, you know, I I. I I think I looked at your letterboxed review of Sonic the Hedgehog, Joe, and um, you brought up a good point that all all the kudos for this movie have to go to the animators who had to crunch more than likely a lot of overtime in order to fix the pure abomination that was <laughs> uh, Sonic 1.0 for this film. Um, they did a fantastic job with it, uh, in my opinion. Um, but man, it it was probably absolute hell for them. So thank you, animators. Um, your work has been noticed, and we love you. Yeah, and fuck you, studio execs. <laughs> we can, we can, we can be like we love our animators, and also fuck Crunch at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like there is always that question. I guess we're you know because we're just we're just gonna hop straight into this. We're gonna spoil this movie. I don't know how much you know. I don't know how much you care about Sonic the Hedgehog twenty nineteen. 2019? 2018? 2020, sir. This movie happened 20. right before the pandemic. Everyone thought this movie oh was going in best god. picture because they thought nothing else was going to come out that year. Oh my god. And genuinely, this this movie deserved to win best graphic design and like best best special effects because of the work mm-hmm. that was put into Sonic. Yeah, I yeah. I actually know mm-hmm. someone who uh who has confided in me about how angry he was that the last movie he saw in theaters before the pandemic went into full swing, how it was Sonic the Hedgehog. And <laughs> and he's he's not really a Sonic fan, so he was very upset about it. And, you know, I, I, I can understand that. But at the same time, I didn't even get to see it in theaters. And I feel like I really missed out on it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So. Spoiler alert for Sonic 2020. We're going to be talking full spoilers. If you care about that kind of thing and you don't want this very silly movie spoiled for you, stop listening now. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) All right, they're gone. (laughs)
I I can only assume you stopped listening if you cared. So, okay. Let's let's okay. There's there's so many things to talk about this, and I feel like the first thing that that has to come up is the the idea that this is a video game movie, right? Sonic the Hedgehog is a video game property that is properly made into the movie, and the overarching narrative of video game movies is they're awful. Yep. So I just honestly want to get a big vibe check real quick going into this. Do we like this movie? Meh. This isn't this isn't the worst thing that I've seen. This isn't the worst video game movie that I've seen. Please, if you want to listen to the worst video game movie that I've seen, go listen to our our talk about Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah. Mortal Kombat 2021. Bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was worse than this. Yeah. Yeah, much worse. In terms of video game movies, the best video game movie ever, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it in the future, Detective Pikachu. Top tier. Mm-hmm. This is solidly middle of the road for me. Like, this film is definitely directed towards kids. Um, yes. There are some redeeming factors in this. There are some good gags in this. There is uh, a cohesive character arc and narrative, something that Mortal Kombat does not have. And I, I, I kind of enjoyed this. Being probably the least familiar with Sonic out of all of us, I still enjoy mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I, I love this movie. Um, <laughs> I love it, but not. I feel like not for the reasons that were intended. I will fully admit that it is not the best movie. I think I had more of a fun time with Detective Pikachu when that came out, but I think that also speaks to me just being more of a Pokemon fan. But at the same time, I think this movie. Of course, it's of course it's targeted towards kids. It's Sonic the Hedgehog, um, but I will say mm-hmm. uh, in the opening like credit sequence when they have the Sega logo come up, we do see our boy Kiryu from Yakuza. Oh my god! And yes. dude, if that's that's, <laughs> I'm gonna ride on that forever and say that maybe just maybe we could get a Yakuza movie <laughs> at some point, and then you will get your adult movie. You will get your adult yeah. video game movie that isn't Mortal Kombat. Be still my beating heart. <laughs> I would love that. I would love nothing more than that. Um, no, but I th- I think this movie sets out to do what it tries. I, I think it accomplishes what it wants to do. And it, mm-hmm. it, it of course, stumbles along the way. But, you know, it it's a kid's movie. I feel like I personally can't be too critical of it. Um, although there are definitely elements in this movie where you can be like, that was a weird choice. Why did you do that? But I, mm-hmm. I think it's a fun time. I think that that's the it's it's notable, I think, whenever whenever people talk about like when something is a kid's movie and what gets that moniker and what doesn't, you know, because, you know, Spider-Verse is a kid's movie. Right. But I think people kind of bring all kinds of acclaim to it. And it, it feels like it's one of those things that eventually people call it like a kid's movie is transcending that title or that moniker in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And I think the real the real reason i think those ways articulate and there are many and few and far between but i think it's generally just in the performances in that the way the actors kind of throw their voice the way jokes are told the way there's kind of like pauses after beats so that you can know when to laugh you know it it's almost like kind of a little more inviting and conversational in that way so that it it is uh not meant to be missed in in, in several capacities you know you have a lot of characters talking very straightforward about their their individual wants and desires right and i think notably the thing that really read to me as the like the big change and i don't think it's inherently a bad one is the interpretation of sonic as a character and that he does read more youthful i mean he's always spirited and energetic of course but 
I'm trying to think of a better way to put this other than that he's just he's not an asshole like his like his video game counterpart is. Like I I mean, of course interpretations change, but the Sonic I think a lot of people imagine is kind of a dick. <laughs> and this Sonic is kind of lacking a little bit of that in favor of a more uh childlike, youthful presence. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um I think it's important to mention since we're talking about how Sonic is really portrayed in this and his overall voice and like cadence and the way that he speaks. I don't know. I, I swear this is relevant. I don't know if you guys have recently seen the clip of uh, there was a clip as a promotional thing for Space Jam 2 um, because she's voicing Lola Bunny. And it's her basically being interviewed mm-hmm. about what it was like to be working with LeBron James. And something about it just does not feel right. The way I don't know if it's the lip syncing or just her delivery. She's not she's not a voice actor. Um, She's a fantastic actor. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Euphoria, very intense show, but she is, she gets the work done and she does it well. It doesn't translate yeah. well to an animated character, but I think when it came to using Ben Schwartz, th- the dude has so much experience in in animation that I think he was an excellent choice for Sonic, um, especially to portray Sonic in this way. Um, I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan of Roger Craig Smith. He's the current voice of Sonic. He's been doing Sonic for mm-hmm. God, maybe over a decade now. Um, he and he's the voice of Sonic in like Wreck It Ralph too. So he's yeah. he's iconic, iconic Sonic. <laughs> but of course, they needed to get some Hollywood person to come in and sell tickets. The mm-hmm. big name like Ben Schwartz. Um, yeah. But I think it was I think it was a smart move to bring him in, uh, and I think he did a fantastic job with Sonic. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I feel like they made this character and they adapted it almost for him. It's kind of very much like the genie, right? Where the genie took on uh, adaptations or adopted mannerisms from Robin Williams and they animated this character to be around. Because I, I do know the clip you're talking about with Lola Bunny and it very much just feels like they didn't animate her to Zendaya's uh, like speech patterns. And so yeah. as a result, it ends up falling really flat. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, like, and that, that is, of course, I, think I absolutely agree. Zendaya is a wonderful, talented actor um, who does great work. So it's like, I don't think it's inherently her fault, but it really does speak to kind of like what we were talking about at the top of this, just how well they knew to craft like this interpretation of Sonic for Ben Schwartz as a, as a, both and a performer and the character they have on display here. And like giving him that kind of charisma that Ben Schwartz just has, if you could call it charisma. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that awkward, awkward, yeah, quirkiness, awkward kind of just comedian that he has where he can be both awkward yet cool at the same time. It's it's definitely a brand and he has it, but it's it's interesting to Mm -hmm. watch in action. And and to your point, uh, Michael, earlier about like his youthfulness, like, yeah, I always kind of understood Sonic as being like kind of an adolescent character, something of defiance, Mm -hmm. something of a prankster, something of an asshole, high energy and this reads like Ben Schwartz's character reads like somewhere between like 10 and 12 years old, high energy, yeah, full of unabashed confidence mm-hmm. um, and just doing and just doing like kids things and wanting like those types of those types of desires, him wanting to sleep in a race car bed, him wanting mm-hmm. to play with um, uh, one of those paddle ball things, <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, okay, yeah, he 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 comes across like a child. Um, and I can see how, like, kids are supposed to imprint upon him in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I agree with both of you. I think Ben Schwartz um, still embodies his personality. Um, 
And once again, to uh, the computer graphics designers who did the special effects, um, they really they really did like match him pretty well. He does not read as teenager. He reads as preteen, right? He reads as 10 to 12, not mm-hmm. that like kind of like cocky 16 year old with like a, a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there's that certain kind of assholishness that only comes across in teenagers. And I think that's the Sonic from like the games. Because I do think he is canonically in the, in the teenage age range. Uh, if I'm remembering my Sonic lore correctly. Yeah, he, he at least acts like he's a teenager. It's weird to even put an age to Sonic in some way, because, you know, Sonic mm-hmm. is eternal. Uh, but but uh, <laughs> like you're saying, I feel like if you compare his... If you look at his relationship with Tom in this movie, he he is kind of like that kid where he's he's definitely, like, older and he's starting to kind of realize that the world can suck sometimes. Also, mm-hmm. if Tom is like his surrogate dad, he's not at the point where he hates his dad like a lot of teenagers get. Um, mm-hmm. He has a lot of love to give, that little guy. Yeah, like the, his main arc in this movie is about kind of overcoming his loneliness, right? That was like the first thing I kind of wrote down as like, a, oh, okay, so we're, we're, we're kind of exploring the fact that Sonic wants friends, which is really a meta criticism of the fact that people kind of forgot about Sonic for a good chunk of 10 years, you know? You know, as, as he lost the console war, as they say. And like, this is, this is why I was thinking like, I, it's not inherently a bad reading of this character. It's may not be the one I think is completely recognizable, but I do think it's, it's getting there and it feels more like a, it, it was at least built to be cohesive with the narrative they're kind of trying to tell, which is like, you know, this road trip story of these two characters coming closer together. And that's why I don't dislike it. It's still like, it's still present and I still like it because it's very least, uh, it makes sense. It's not like, and like their chemistry is not awful. Like it, they have like, a, they have a working chemistry with each other. I was going to say, because James Marsden has such a history of working with an actor in a scene that isn't actually there. He was in, what's that one movie yep. where Russell Brand was mm-hmm. the rabbit, uh, the Easter bunny, a uh, hop or something. I, don't know, I remember when the movie came out, they were like, why are there's like four separate clips uh, or screenshots of different of James Marsden in different movies where he was in a car with some some kind of some kind of anthropomorphic <laughs> creature that wasn't actually there. But yeah. again, that that's I guess his type, if that is a type to even begin with, is he's he's very good at doing that. He's yeah. great at talking to and, nothing. And like in that way, what are, what what do you guys make of the? There's two main people that Sonic obviously bounces off of in this movie. Uh, one is Tom. And the other is Robotnik. What what do you make of these two characters? Because I have thoughts, but I'm curious to hear your. Can impressions. we talk about Robotnik first? Because <laughs> go for yeah. it. That's the that's I I would say that's the better character. Yes, okay, yeah. <laughs> I I have been a Jim Carrey fan for so long. Uh, I grew up watching the Ace Ventura movies, and I'm very happy to see that he's making a return to acting. Um, because he, he he took a break. Uh. Much, a much understandable break and when it mm-hmm. came to this role i was just instantly reminded of how like just the physicality that he brings to roles like mm-hmm. ace ventura like i'd probably say yeah the movie the movie that i saw before this or i guess last movie starring jim carrey that i saw before this was truman show that's completely different that's mm-hmm. one of his more serious Whoa. roles um that's a but switch. he's still very yeah, very night and day. Um, but he's a very physical actor and he brings 
so much to the table when he's able to just go for it. Like, I can imagine the director being like, just just do whatever you <laughs> want to do physically. However, you get the lines out. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> can you do a dance scene for me? We'll we'll get we'll just put the wide shot camera on. Just fucking dance. Just dance. <laughs> do, first time I ever watched this movie for that whole dance sequence that he did. I I had like a religious experience. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It was just so fun. But I have it specifically in my notes here. Um, the monologue that he gives to um to to the military guy, and I, the guy's name was Bennington on his shirt. I don't know what what a uh, specific where he is on the military hierarchy of command. Um, but all I know is that the actor who plays him is Damian Dark from from the CW Arrowverse of all things. Uh-huh, I noticed. And, the dude is a great actor. Uh, he's probably my favorite part. Every time he shows up in especially Legends of Tomorrow, that's where I know him best from. Every time he shows up, it's always a fun time. He brings a lot to the table. But here, having Jim Carrey just go up to him and just be like, shut up. No, it's my turn. Like, this is my movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like the way in which... Um... Sonic, Son- I saw like glimpses of like the Sonic that I recognize when he interacted with uh, Dr. Robotnik. And it's just like, I don't care who you are or what you do, whatever. I'm going to keep doing my thing. You're annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like that yeah. kind of that kind of um, shrugging off of Robotnik, who's taking himself very seriously. I think that dynamic lended itself pretty well, um, especially, I think, for fans of the franchise. Like that to me feels like a video game dynamic. It is it is wild. I think much like Cameron, you just said it. It does feel like at times they just told Jim Carrey just go. You just you just do your thing, my guy, <laughs> because he he he's so animated. It's almost like he's an animated character too. And I just find myself like he just he just draws attention from the camera in the way he kind of just like pulls and moves his body. That like of course this isn't you know this isn't this isn't quite game Robotnik. But God, do I kind of like this? Do I kind of like this version? Because it's it's just silly. It's just like mm-hmm. over the top, ridiculous, you know, Jim Carrey knowing exactly the type of movie he's in and kind of like doing his own bit with it. And it works. Like it's because it's not trying. Like I know they have the whole scene at the end where he's shaving his head and he kind of dips into the, the Eggman voice. But uh, other than that, he's kind of just embracing his own performance. So I do feel like there's a bit of a thing here about kind of finding your own interpretation, just kind of rolling with it. Like, least of which, I love the idea that, uh, that Robotnik is like a Silicon Valley bro. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I even had it in my notes. Uh, the truck that he uses, or I guess the like large tank thing that he's chasing them uh, in down the freeway. I had it in my notes. Like, this looks like something that Elon Musk would make. <laughs> <laughs> this, this looks like the cyber fucking truck. <laughs> it does. It does. I could totally see him at like some summit, like walking on stage with Elon Musk, and then just like shaking hands. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. they just knew exactly what to pull on, and it helps that he's all. They're all. I mean, I don't think anyone's from San Francisco, but that's like the set piece of the movie is they're going to San Francisco, so it just feels so right. <laughs> and you know, shout out to his to his assistant, right? <laughs> Who just yeah, Agent Stone, I think his name was, mm-hmm. and I think I only remember that because. No, I don't want to get into spoilers or anything, but there's a part he talks to a rock and mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, it look it just has like a face in it. And he just refers to it as as Agent Stone. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, once again, just just feels like they took two funny people and just said, go. 
just just bounce off each other and just it, it felt like i don't know what was improv and what was written there but you know the chemistry between the, those two it was there <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and i know because because the way you were briefly talking about how uh robotnik or eggman is in the games it's it'd probably be really hard to bring that character eggman is just evil he's just yeah. like your stereotypical evil bad guy and he doesn't really offer too much comedy. He might, like, have a moment where he's, like, quipping with Sonic or he, like, slams his keyboard like, no! Eggman's, like, a pretty, um, I'm not super familiar with, with, uh, with the dynamic between Sonic and Eggman. I never got that far in a game. Um, mm-hmm. but, like, it, from what I could tell from the way you described him, Eggman is, like, just flat. Just, just, he's just bad. And he's just an obstacle in the way. And I think the way in which the movie plays with that and like he is kind of just an obstacle for Sonic <laughs> to mm-hmm. just go home or go to mu- the mushroom planet as as he wanted to go to. Yeah, uh, real quick, <laughs> real quick. Sorry to interrupt. Is the mushroom planet supposed to be like a dig at Super Mario, like in the Mushroom Kingdom? Oh, it, is that I don't what know. that is? I, I had that question too. I don't think it's. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's specifically in the Mushroom Kingdom, but it's like. Weird that you'd specifically talk about mushrooms and how gross they are constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just that was something I noticed on mm-hmm. both watches that I've done of this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was I thought it was more of a as a play at one of the 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 different uh, zones you are in in one of the early Sonic games. Uh, but no, I think the Mushroom Kingdom one makes way more sense. Yeah, he's like mushrooms are gross. I hate them. Mm-hmm. They're stinky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, this movie's also chock full of, like, inside references to a bunch of things. You know, we have the chili dogs, right? We have the, you know, we have the little girl saying, gotta go fast. It, it knows what humor to pull upon. Uh, Even Sanic. Yes! They had right, the drawing the... of Sanic, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, like, when they, the blue devil, as they, as they think it is, is uh, Sanic. <laughs> Um, which I guess that's like probably a good way of looking at this movie is it's it's just so superficial. And so I think that's just like the big does it work for you? Does it not? That's kind of uh, on display here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just it's all like a flavor thing. Because like it's it's weird to think that the, the, the inciting incident of this movie is Sonic accidentally creates an EMP with his speed and like knocks out the United States like uh, electronics for a whole day. And for some reason, the U.S. government is totally okay with Eggman or or or, or Dr. Robotnik, which, like, IRL tracks. Um. <laughs> well, that's just it. Like, mm-hmm. they're joking in that scene about, like, doing war crimes, which yeah. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> they're like, did you ever hear about this country? No, good. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. This is- yeah, there's a reason you didn't hear about that country, because he was there. <laughs> like- exactly. And there's, there's like... Another salient bit is, you know, um, the the long running joke about uh, Olive Garden and how at the very yes. end the government compensates the the damages that were done by Robotnik by handing them an Olive Garden Garden gift card. And I'm like, that's exactly what would happen in real a, life. Yes, a fifty dollar Olive Garden gift card, mind you. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, that's yeah. that tracks. <laughs> that's that's one meal right there. <laughs> hey, do you know how how no, they had a line where they talked about the bottomless breadsticks. Is like, did you know, like they're bottomless? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like this. This movie is also once again 
very on the nose about its its product placement too. Cause like I remember the first thing that uh, Tom's partner she says is like uh, she's like, yeah, I was checking out these places on Zillow. You know, it's really good prices. So I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> Shout out to Zillow. <laughs> I'm just, to just, shock. Yeah, it just cuts to like five seconds of just a screen with Zillow on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, like, they're on the phone, and they're like, you know, we're going to the Olive Garden, because when you're here, you're family. Family. And it's like, what you, what's going on? What movie am I watching? Yeah, those are, those are the kinds of groans that come out of me, where I'm just like, I know what you're doing, and I hate it, but at the same time, like, I gotta give it to you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... <laughs> mm-hmm. that, it's, it's, it's a, they're making it as entertaining as they can. Yeah. You know... It, if you're going to do product placement, you might as well be entertaining about it, I suppose. I'd like to get back to um, um our characterization of Sonic. Um, Go for it. What did you all think of his narrative arc about loneliness? I thought it was really strange that they chose to do this because I, I recognize Sonic usually as Sonic and Tails. Mm-hmm. You know, Tails is a character. There's Knuckles. You got to have your Knuckles. Can't forget about Knuckles. Um, you know me, the fighting freak Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may or may not know parts of the Pumpkin Hill rap. I don't know all of it, but <laughs> and of course I know parts of it. And of course, Shadow the Hedgehog, which, mind you, is the only Sonic game I have played, is Shadow the Hedgehog, the Sonic game with guns. Um, <laughs> oh, oh I thought goodness. you were gonna say Sonic Adventure too, and I'm like, that's not too bad. And then you say, oh no, it's it's the one with the hedgehog with the guns. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So well, like so like characterizing this this version of Sonic is like I'm lonely. I'm really alone. Mm-hmm. I'm like you have like 20 friends, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know wh- why they chose to do this. Maybe they didn't feel confident in the IP. Um mm-hmm. which is kind of strange because if they didn't feel confident, why not just go all in and use all the recognizable material? Uh, I guess I mean we are we mentioned spoilers at the at the beginning of this podcast. Tails is at the end. Tails is going to be in a sequel. Yeah. Tails. Um, so like I'm I'm like why didn't you just start out with having tails? <laughs> mm-hmm. Both of them are lost. You have some. You have a you have a fun little character dynamic. What did What did you all think of this uh, this little arc for Sonic? I'll say that of course I I can't help but smile when Tails shows up on the screen because yep. uh, Tails was. As being the little brother yep. in the family and always just getting that second controller. It's like, you're going to play as Tails while I play as Sonic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have a lot of love for Tails and he's going to be in the sequel. But uh, I don't think I really personally minded it. And I think because like in the games, the way that Sonic interacts with his friends or at least post uh, in a post like OG Sonic world he's kind of doing his own thing and then his friends do his own do their own thing as well um mm-hmm. they'll like tag along here and there but i mean i specifically remember cutscenes in like sonic adventure 2 where sonic kind of just seems like annoyed at the presence of some of his friends at times like he he likes to get things done himself but again that's like the teenage sonic i don't know because when i first heard about like the character of Longclaw, who is like sonic's owl mother I thought there was going to be more of that in the movie and that we were going to see more of like where Sonic came from. But no, it's like a three minute sequence before he gets thrust into Green Hills. Mm-hmm. 
I think they might have just gone with it because it's an easy theme for kids to relate to of, oh, sometimes I feel lonely. Sometimes I wish I had friends to play baseball with, but I don't. But then he finds, you know, he finds his friends and family at the end, or at least his found family. And I think that is a pretty good kind of, even if it is a little like cliche, like it gets better. Like you can find friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to be alone forever. Uh, and that's, you know, it's a good message for kids. Yeah. I feel like with the when they first introduced this area, I think they're in Montana as the Green Hill Zone. I remember thinking that was initially a little bit strange that they're going for this, especially when the the you know movie is introduced by showing you the kind of iconic uh, Green Hill Zone from the games, right? Where, you know, he's speeding around and running around. There's even a little like loop-de-loops he runs around. And I actually thought like, oh, okay, is there going to be more of the, you know, like the quote-unquote game world in this? But it seems like they're trying really hard to marry the two concepts of Sonic in our world and Sonic in our like reality as like as like a novel concept and i think that it works to varying degrees because i think as we've been getting at that means they kind of had to change the characterization a little bit to fit it or else i don't think him interacting with a character like tom makes sense right he you know he wouldn't be as endearing initially even though i do think the the initial beat you meet sonic with is where he kind of helps the turtle across the road because that is what sonic is supposed to be where he, you know, he's supposed to be like a freedom fighter who, you know, liberates like small little animals from Robotnik's control. And I thought that was, I thought that was good, but it, it, I guess it's occurring to me now that I just think that when trying to kind of port it over, it didn't quite translate as well. And so I think that that's why they kind of aged him down and probably left that to see if there was initial interest in this for the sequel, which I guess what you said, Joe, was with the, uh, the initial IP and the... And the question of, like, are people interested in this movie? Will this movie make money, I guess, is the question. That's what it always comes down to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is this movie profitable? Considering all the extra work they had to put into redesigning it? I mean, like, it, I get it was Great profitable question. enough for them to warrant a sequel. Mm-hmm. They, they decided it was. I, you know, who, who am I to judge? I don't own their yeah. purse. I don't give a fuck about their purse anyway. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. Yeah. I'm here for Tails. I'm here for Knuckles. I hear Knuckles is going to be in the sequel. Yeah. And uh, actually, because when I was rewatching the opening scene with Longclaw today, uh, the the people or I guess creatures that were attacking Longclaw, they looked like Knuckles. Mm hmm. This feels so weird to say about like a kid's movie where there's like fart jokes and stuff and and you know it's it's so childish but at the same time because Sonic has just really interesting lore to me whether it's good or bad Mm -hmm. um but Knuckles is just like a cool character in general and I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to bring him into it especially since he wasn't in the post credit sequence and that but you know that's that's for the next podcast episode however long it takes for Sonic 2 to come out yeah it's kind of weird how Tails also comes out much more like the... I mean, it helps that he has his actual uh, video game voice actress, too, performing his lines. And that he, you know, he's, he's out there and he says, like, oh, I think I found him. And I'm like, okay, so is there, are they doing, like, timeline shit? Where, like, this Tails is, like, the one we know from the games and, like, he's trying to find Sonic already? And I'm just sitting there like, well, this, this, this raises so many questions. I would love a time-traveling Sonic game. Then Sonic really just becomes the Flash. 
Well, isn't there? I mean, there is actually a time traveling Sonic game, Sonic 06, um, where they introduce Silver the Hedgehog, mm-hmm. um, who I don't know if people. That's you know that's kind of where my gap of Sonic knowledge like kind of gets a little blurry. Yeah, I've never played Sonic 06. I just have seen the cutscenes and um the SnapCube real time dubs of it. If anyone wants to check that out, uh, I'm completely unaffiliated. I just think that those are fantastic, mm-hmm. um, really great comedy. All I know is that there's time travel that happens in there, and Silver the Hedgehog is like the one who's like behind it all, or the one who's doing the time traveling. I don't know. It's messy. It's a bad game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that there's that 3D Sonic gap, right? Where where people like kind of universally agree this is when it got bad, right? And we don't we don't uh, we don't refer back to that to that because we love. I mean, I think people actually genuinely like Sonic Adventure, and then then there's Sonic O Sticks, which people kind of uh, equally hate uh, for all kinds of reasons. But I think. With this, I wonder if they're playing up the idea that, you know, they're in the Sonic timeline, there's kind of two entities of Sonic where he's the it's like the shorter, smaller, rounder one, allegedly from the Genesis days. And then there's the the longer, spikier hair one that is of the 3D era. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if they're kind of playing with that, you know, because I was half expecting when when Sonic kind of uh, suited up at the end, he got his like lightning bolts, his hair was going to spike back more. And he, I thought I thought for a second he was going to go supersonic. But I was like, that would I thought that too. Sense. But I was like, maybe, maybe they'll do it just because they're, they're, you know, this, this movie's silly. I'm not about to be here like, that's not how it works. There's no chaos emerald. <laughs> 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 I'm about to be grown man, 25, staring at my computer being like, that's not how supersonic works. <laughs> That's not how it works. And then, they, and then they have to like go back and be like, no, no, no. Like you see Eggman's whole robot at the end that was powered by the Chaos Emeralds, but you just couldn't see it because it was like in it was inside the machine. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, but it was the like <laughs> yeah. Oh god, you could you could nitpick Sonic forever, but at the same time, that's I don't consider that fun. No, you just got to roll with it. No, for lack of a better term, that's that's not this movie. That's not this movie at no. all. And I think that that's part of it, too. This is something we haven't touched upon yet, and I'm curious to hear your notes, because when you said silver, this reminded me of the the way action scenes are done in this movie. The way things literally go down to that slow blur. It's very much Quicksilver from uh, X-Men. I had that, yeah. Yeah, And I was just like, I'm curious how you guys like this, because it's done twice. And I actually think there's kind of a cool little note they do with it. Um, what do you guys uh, what do you guys make of these little uh, action set pieces with Sonic and his uh, and his speed? You know, it's it's fine. I think since the the first Quicksilver scene in um, X Men: Days of Future Past, um, this has kind of become like the quintessential super speed uh, uh, visual language. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just in Sonic; it's in other it's in other like quote unquote speedster movies, I guess. And, and like, what made that moment good in that in those X Men movies was that like it was the moment. It only happened mm-hmm. one time. We don't really get to see like Quicksilver use the like potential of his powers other than that. But this seems to be like anytime they need a big action beat, they're going to use it. And, you know, because Sonic is so youthful and because this feels like a quote unquote kids movie, I didn't mind it so much. But I mm-hmm. think it could be like overdone. I, I, I'd be curious to see how they do this with other characters um, mm-hmm. when when Tails or Knuckles or Shadow or whoever ends up doing ends up having to speed as well you know mm-hmm. sorry did yeah. I did I just say um, so, did I just say something dumb do one of those characters not do super speed no you're good I mean 
I, I mean, at the, it's weird because I always Sonic is always the one associated with speed, Shadow as well. But Tails does go fast, like mm-hmm. he goes very fast in it. I don't know how fast it is compared to Sonic because we haven't seen them interact yet. No, but like you were saying, uh, I really like those scenes as well too. Pretty much impossible to not compare it to Quicksilver mm-hmm. um, because that scene has pretty much set the standard for what these super speed moments should look like. Um, I didn't see the Snyder cut, but I'm pretty sure Flash even had a moment that was kind of like that mm-hmm. um, where he's like saving mm-hmm. Iris. It worked very well. Um, I think also uh, you were Michael, you were talking about the action sequences and stuff, uh, not just in regards to super speed or I guess it's always in the equation. But I noticed that in the finale battle when he's going up against Eggman and his giant like flight cruiser thing, he bonks it repeatedly like he does in the games. Mm-hmm. And I actually thought that was a really cool like acknowledgement to like what Sonic is. He just crashes into things repeatedly with his body. Yeah. And that's how he beat that's how he beats him. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. I think it's just little moments like that where even if it can be cheesy at times, I I get the vibe that they cared enough to at least look into the source material and try to make the adult fans happy with little moments like that. Yeah, definitely. That's I mean, that's like that that uh, initial flavor, right? Kind of kicking in whether or not this works for you or not. I think the thing that I wrote down as my little note here that I thought was actually kind of clever is the idea that... When the initial, I mean, initial one happens and it's cool, it's fine, it's whatever. Of Sonic kind of going around fucking with everyone in the room, moving Tom out of the way as everything kind of happens. Which, yeah, <laughs> the idea of Sonic just starting a bar fight and putting that on his on his uh, bucket list is the it's just it's just a weird concept, but also makes weird sense. But the idea that when he's when he does it again and he fights Robotnik and him kind of like stopping all the missiles and you see Robotnik in real time getting his finger down to the button actually worked as kind of like I feel like a cool subversion of the idea that like all of a sudden Robotnik caught up to Sonic in that moment and Sonic wasn't expecting it and so just from like a a antagonist protagonist relationship I thought it was actually kind of a, a, a fun note that you were watching Robotnik's finger get closer and closer not realizing what it was going to happen and then when it does, even Sonic is surprised by it because at some, and now at this point he they're on equal footing, and it's only Sonic's like lack of like Robotnik's power set that prevents him from being able to see that, which was like oh okay this is this is fine you know this this is like when this is like when uh, speedsters go up against other speedsters right and you have to ask like how does that get uh, how does that get formed and. I don't know. I just thought it was like a a good way of playing with that whole idea of uh, like that like sped down narrative. While you have one character moving really really fast, if you essentially have one character also playing catch up during that time too, um, it's simple. It's not layered, but I thought it was like a it made for a fine it made for a fun and like kind of final confrontation between the two of them. Other than like the friendship is magic lightning powers, of yeah. course, but that's to be expected and all kids action movies because you know friend, friends are your strength mm-hmm. rainbow <laughs> rainbow no yeah. lightning yeah lightning <laughs> lightning bolt Ka-chow. yeah also Ka-chow. are oh we God. gonna talk about how small town america showed up for sonic at the end like yeah we love our little <laughs> blue demon we love the blue devil so much if they wanted to take it if they wanted to take it a step further because 
Um, shout out to the, the soundtrack for this movie as well, but they had a very nice little piano ballad of, of the Green Hill Zone music mm-hmm. uh, that would play, especially at the end. And <laughs> it's like everyone in Whoville comes out and instead of doing like the whole song they sing and the Grinch stole Christmas, they gather around Sonic mm-hmm. and they just go like, do, 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 do. <laughs> and then it gets brought back to life. I would have loved a scene like that, even though it would have been terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's just it. It's like the more you ham it up, the kind of better this movie gets, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because if, if you don't like the hamminess of it, it was never going to work for you. <laughs> But the more yeah. more you kind of dip into that weirdly that weirdly sincere absurdity, that's when the movie's working because that's kind of what Robotnik is in a nutshell. He's a very sincerely evil, uh, but like completely over the top, completely absurd, like villain that is like like I think he quite literally mustache twirls at one point. <laughs> yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's just it's speaking to the movie's credit of just like, these are the things that work about this. And I hope for the second one, they just kind of embrace that type of absurdity and kind of like dial it up even more. Because that, you know, it's a blue hedgehog that everyone points out doesn't look like a hedgehog. Yeah, if you're going into Sonic the Hedgehog expecting expecting it to be like an A24 movie, um, you're gonna, <laughs> you're you're in the wrong theater, I'm sorry. I would just say don't watch it because you're probably going to be a bummer for everyone that just wants to watch a silly movie. Mm-hmm. I guess I think that that's kind of what we're getting back to is I feel like we're because we, now that I think about it, like the whole plot line of him even bringing of Tom bringing Sonic to the his partner who's a veterinarian is like once again, it's it's Sonic clashing up against our world, right? Clashing up against all the little tiny things that make uh, our world uh what it is and how he kind of like doesn't fit into that and so i wonder if that's it's just it's like a i don't know if it's good or bad but it it, it is an, an approach to adapting a you know a existing property an existing property that kind of exists in a, a parallel world that has like really no touchstones with ours and taking him and just embracing what sonic would be like in san francisco california <laughs> yeah to, to to write a story and you know, maybe maybe there's some fanfic out there that had the exact same thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe I I don't know because the world of Sonic is so unclear as well. Um, I specifically think about how uh, in the Shadow of the Hedgehog game, there's a moment when the president looks down at his desk and he has a picture of Sonic and Shadow in front of the White House mm-hmm. on on his desk in the Oval Office, <laughs> like he's good friends with both of them, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's the it just makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. President of the United States is tight with Sonic and Shadow. You know, that's my boy right there. <laughs> Remember, Shadow, the guy with guns. <laughs> uh, I it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm it's it's very stupid, but I love it for being stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's you just gotta embrace you gotta embrace it. Um, like that's that's even what I have to tell myself sometimes when I watch this movie, like. It's funny to joke about how Sonic likes chili dogs because that's one of his iconic lines. But also when this movie includes the chili dog joke, but also they equate it with the with the like stereotypical fart joke that has to go in almost every kid's movie now. I roll my eyes, but I'm like, you know, what do you <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no high comedy from Sonic. <laughs> 
No, I will say though, um, I do like, and this kind of also uh, harkens back to what we were discussing about him acting like a kid. Um, that scene where they are in the hotel room and Tom is like making some kind of like noise or something. Uh, and then Sonic just starts copying him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, that's a very kid thing to do, but it was, it was a cute moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, their, their chemistry is present. And that's the thing that kind of like helps this movie is there's, there's things it doesn't do. There's things it just doesn't do well at all. And then there's things that it weirdly does right. And you're just left there kind of confused with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's a weird movie that I don't know why I was expecting at some point Sonic was going to make a Fortnite joke because he flosses. And I was half expecting to be like, what, what are you? What are you? What's your deal, man? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what's the goal here, Sonic? <laughs> Where did Sonic learn to floss? Was he watching it on TV? I can only assume this the the cut ending to this movie was Sonic becomes an influencer. <laughs> he would though. He honestly would. I could see that. There's also the the mention of Fast and the Furious like quickly after oh my God. he flosses. <laughs> I he I actually wrote the line down. He was just like, I feel like Vin Diesel. It's all about family, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I would watch this crossover. I, I would like to see that, honestly. I know they're talking about like Jurassic Park and and Fast and Furious, but I think Sonic would fit pretty well in Fast and Furious, even if they like had the tone stay the same for Sonic, but just put the Fast and Furious characters in there. Man. Like yeah, like this movie also just said, what if we just jam-packed every single like fast reference possible? Cause you know he reads all the Flash comics. And he mm-hmm. the thing the movie they're watching with Keanu is speed and so it's just, mm-hmm. Damn, what if? We know one thing, we're gonna own it. Okay, but I guess we're getting to time here, so what are your what are your guys' wrap-up thoughts on Sonic the Hedgehog 2020? You know, star of pre-pandemic America. What are your thoughts? Number one movie in America before before everything went to shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright. I think it's I think um I think kids, especially kids who grew up wa- watching and playing Sonic, even if they played Sonic 3D, I think they're going to enjoy it. I think they're going to have a good time. I think Ben Schwartz does a wonderful job portraying the character. Uh, I think Jim Carrey does a great job um, as uh, Dr. Robotnik slash Eggman. And I think like, well, while it's strange that they like, I under, okay, it's not strange. I understand now why they, uh, they chose to have like uh, Sonic be alone, but I think this movie will be much more entertaining in the sequel when all the other characters are there and they have to react maybe they're going to be reacting to like real world things um Mm -hmm. i think that'll be a fun dynamic i think Mm -hmm. overall um it is it is an okay video game movie i'm not offended by this movie i mean except for Mm -hmm. you know the characterization of tom but we're gonna ignore that but yeah um other than that pretty good uh i agree i i mean i already said this at the beginning but i really like this movie uh it's not perfect i don't think i don't think it really deserves to be given uh any any praise other than that it's a fun time that uh (laughs) that the whole family can enjoy Mm -hmm. but as as a as a sonic fan i thought that it was it was very it was it, it did its job of adapting the character to try to give it give him a little more mainstream appeal i think they accomplished that well given a lot of the response that people have had to it 
I specifically remember the child actor from Minati. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's some article that came out where he said that his favorite actor was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Ben Schwartz actually did an entire uh, like little video of Sonic talking to him, being like, I'm so flattered to be your favorite actor. Uh, I can't wait to see your movie. And it was really cute. <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I think this movie can I think this movie connects with with kids in a really positive way. And I'm sure the sequel will do that too. We'll see. Yeah, I, I can't really recommend it to anyone who doesn't like Sonic and wants to actually like watch a movie that has some meat to it. Mm-hmm. But if you're just looking to like turn something on <laughs> that isn't just terrible, uh I think I think this is a good one. Yeah. I 100% agree with everything you guys said. I am definitely dialing up my affection for this movie a little bit, just because, I mean, we we could go all day about, like, the ways in which this movie is also not great, but I don't think that would be... I guess it would just feel like like we're criticizing something that's, that is, like, kind of aware of what it's doing wrong, you know? <laughs> it's kind of the equivalent when you insult someone, you're like, oh, you're stupid, and you're like, oh, it's true, I am stupid. And you're like, well, well now we have nowhere to go, because you just you disagreed with me. <laughs> And so I, I think I'm I'm with you that I think this is it falls into the same pitfalls I think a lot of video game movies do where it's not sure how much to trust the audience to follow the pre-existing IP. And I think that ultimately the answer more often than not is just to own it. You know, have maybe little introductions like Spider-Verse or anything else does, where maybe you introduce who these characters are with a really quick allowing the 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 beloved IP to be what it is. And not be too, like, of course, overindulgent in it uh, and kind of overindulgent in that fan servicey nature of it. But I think just kind of uh, allowing Sonic to run around with his friends for maybe an hour and a half wouldn't exactly be the worst thing in the world. Which is why I think this next sequel has a lot of potential, uh, least of which just for the idea that, hey, if you know, if kids like it, kids like it. If this movie was just intended to be made for them, that's totally fine with me. You know, I, I don't have to love it. <laughs> yeah. And there's plenty worse kids movies out there that are just borderline unwatchable if you're over the age of 10. Mm-hmm. And this this is not one of them. It's It's got something. It's got something special in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that cool credit sequence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Shout out to that end credits uh sequence that they have before the tail scene. That's that's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Wiz Khalifa. I didn't think I'd hear you. In a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but I did, and I was sitting there kind of listening to it, like, okay, this is this is this is Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. When we get talented people to do a thing, good stuff still happens. I guess that's Sonic the Hedgehog. Thank you for coming on for this episode, Cameron, for a very relatively silly movie. Uh, I guess the the only question we and we'll let you answer it, uh, Cameron. Does Sonic the Hedgehog get the champion belt? He's had the champion belt for my entire life, so <laughs> I say yes. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Sonic the Hedgehog is a champion, according to Champion Casters. He saved the he saved the world many of times, even in this movie too, and he's probably going to do it again in the next one. Uh, I'd like to see. Like to see any other characters. I'd like to see Tom save the world. I don't think Tom's gonna save the world. I don't think so either, and I think I'm kind of okay with that. You know, Tom can Tom yeah. can just go do what Tom does. <laughs> Tom can go to Olive Garden. Tom can just go to Olive Garden. 
You know, you can get his own <laughs> mini series about him just going to Olive Garden with his partner and call the day, you know? <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, once again, thank you for coming on, Cameron. Do you want to do a quick little shout out to what do you got going on right now? Oh, well, uh, I recently just uploaded a video essay to YouTube. It's about a little show on Cartoon Network called Craig at the Creek. Woo! And funny enough, I talk about Sonic in it for a, for a little bit because Craig, uh, Craig is a big fan of the Sonic insert, or I guess the in-universe Sonic that they have called Slide the Ferret. It's a really good show. Uh, I recommend watching it if you get the time, but before you do that, watch my video essay. It's called uh, Craig at the Creek, a show that's E for everyone, and you can find it on YouTube under my channel name, Cameron Likes Cartoons. Yeah. If people want to follow you on your socials, what are those? So my socials are tw for Twitter. It's Cam underscore Hennings. And then Instagram is just Cam Hennings, no underscore. Cool. Go follow Cameron. We love all his work. I watched as someone who's watched that video essay twice now. It's really good. Please go give it a watch. Aww. Yeah, I love you. Friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you guys are doing a fantastic job with this podcast as well. Um, just wanted to say that because uh, I love you both. And I think that you have very good thoughts and very sexy brains. Oh, Ooh. thanks. That's a fun compliment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never been told my brain was attractive. Yeah, I know. That's that's nice. Oh, yeah, give give me your MRI scan sometimes. I yeah, will. I'll, yeah, I'll I'll slide it to you. I'll DM it. Can I DM it <laughs> with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. This has been a very fun episode. We will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 All right, thank you for listening to another episode of Champion Casters. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at champion underscore cast. You can also email us any of your thoughts or questions at championcasters at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to give thanks to the following. Shan Theobald for our logo artwork. Adam Renroe for our intro and outro music. Joseph Tomlin for managing our social media. And Michael Ruiz for editing our episodes. <laughs> and I have been your host, Michael Ruiz. You can find me at twitter.com at next underscore entry. And the video essays I write on my YouTube channel, Next Entry. I have also been your host, Joseph Tomlin. You can find me at twitter.com and Instagram at joke Tomlin. That is J-O-U-K-T-O-M-L-I-N. Thanks again for listening, everyone.